Crew Nation, welcome to episode 774 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I talk to Robert Goldman, who is the basically director at a publicly traded sponsor company, as well as Dr. Fox. We get into a whole bunch of topics, some of them being site sponsor relations, feasibility, executing on your trial, sponsor expectations. This is a really good interview, candid. These are probably two of the most candid people you can find in our industry, so hopefully you get something out of it. Connect with both Dr. Fox or Robert Goldman in the links in the show notes. Quick shout out to the sponsors, Inato, free way to get studies for sites that are experienced. Go check it out. They do not take a dime from you. They do not get involved in your budget. They do not get involved in anything other than putting you in front of the sponsors and then leaving it up to the sponsors to select you for their trial. I'm on it at least once a week looking for new trials for my experienced staff. If you have lesser experienced staff or perhaps therapeutic area expertise in different therapeutic areas and trying to get studies in new therapeutic areas, Inato may not be the place to go. The place to go would probably be something like my consulting company. You can text me if you're interested in learning more about our low monthly fees, 949-415-6256. Finally, next sponsor is Creo. It's eSource, eReg, CTMS, patient recruitment, auto texting, eSignatures. It really has everything you need to manage your site at what I believe is an affordable price. Uh, you can also pay for things as you use them. You do not need to use everything that they offer. Just as your site evolves, you can start adding things. So check out Creo in the show notes as well. And with that being said, Enjoy the show. I think I'm good. It'll be here before we know it. Live, live, live. Look, guys and gals, happy Friday. Sponsors and sites unite. We're starting out with clinical research is booming. Robert said he doesn't feel it. Fox feels it. I feel it. Robert feels it too, probably, but just depends on the day. Um, but we're we're coming close to SOS, guys. We're a week out. We're not here to sell tickets because we have none to sell, but we're here to get you guys pumped up about the industry, and we're here to discuss topics centered around sites and sponsors, because let's face it, like for all the CRO apologists that exist out there, um, which I'm a fan, I like reading the stuff too. The industry boils down to the sponsors paying for everything and the sites doing the majority of the work. Not that people that work at Ceros don't work a lot. They work way too much. And there's probably a lot of unfairness and injustice there. But we're here to talk about where the rubber meets the road. And that's the sites and the sponsors paying for it all. Are there any late openings for SOS? I get this email every oh, hour. David. Every hour. Uh, David, Dr. Ramirez, I'm telling you. I don't think we can, even if I tried, I don't think I would be able to. So, I mean, there are some discretionary tickets that we could still give out. Okay. The one thing I'm worried about is you remember those cool bags made by the special needs adults? Yes. We Why don't you heard... explain it? Why do you explain it a little bit? All right. Me? So the idea is um, 
I'm part of the nonprofit groups, a lot of really good missions. We work with a company that hires special needs adults to do screen printing, which is perfect. <laughs> so they, uh, the, so special needs adults, people who really wanted to work, they're the ones that made the bags and the lanyards for SOS, which means that that's awesome. But we only ordered 400, Dan. Uh, so yeah. It, Odds well, are we, we're probably we're gonna run out of bags, which we might we might be able to there literally this last hour people have been messaging me. Um hey, it's too late. I told them it's too late, but if not, I can go back and say, Hey, it's not too late, but you may not get a bag. Yep, I think that's gonna be where we get. If you have if you registered, if you have a name on your badge and it's printed and you got everything, you get the bag. Um if if you have a handwritten badge because you came in the week before and wanted to come. I don't know if we're going to have a bag for you. Okay. Speaking of bags, can we, how do we secure the metaphorical bag of opportunities <laughs> that 2024 will present in clinical research Perfect. sponsors, individuals, sites, consultants. We got Robert on who's, I mean, you should be a regular. You, you were a regular at one point. Um, yeah. SOS ally supporter all day uh, it's been a while since we've done a pod maybe maybe discuss a little bit about what's going on with you and um how you're securing the bagger for yourself for your company all the all in between yeah i mean you know it's a little bit different i have a different perspective of course you know still liaising with different sites and networks um the sos panel that i'll be part of i'm super excited about i've gotten a lot of emails requesting you know meetings um at the at the conference so if i wow, have already already literally the app like, is not even out yet dozens wow. dozens um so if i haven't responded to your email and you're watching this stream um please forgive me but you know seek me out there i'll be at the social the night before and obviously at the conference so it's nothing personal i've just been kind of bombarded with a lot of emails so that's great um you know i'm excited to network with everybody and still engaging and building site lists and people of interest and things like that. A lot of lessons learned from our, you know, phase three program that's coming to an end here um, very shortly. And, uh, you know, but uh, I, I still see problems with uh, the capital markets, um, investors, you know, uh, I'm a little, uh, a little skeptical, you know, I'm definitely not bullish on the outlook for funding and investing as it pertains to biotech. So in terms of, you know, trial availability and what's in the pipeline for, for sites, I'm extremely bullish on that. I think that's going to be phenomenal that that's going to continue. Um, my lens is just a little bit different because I'm looking from, you know, how do we continue on and, and push through and, and, you know, get to the next phase of where we need to be so that we're NDA enabling. So I'm constantly thinking about the strategic position direction of my operational team and, and how to get us to that next step. You know, it's quite challenging in this, in this framework. And personally, I, I, it, it may get better um, Q3, Q4, but I don't see anything acutely changing from a capital market perspective um you know at least through q1 q2 that's just the way i feel it's my personal opinion i'm not any financial expert or economist or any background in, in that area but it's just a hunch based on a lot of panels and discussions i've 
been participating in. So that's my framework, but I continue to, you know, network and I continue to talk to stakeholders at the site level, networks, mom and pa sites, small sites, new sites, all sites. I love sites. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. I, re I really am. I really he am. Really, um, he is. Robert is, um, you know, talking about the small biotechs though because you're right it's been like a three-year incredible like freeze as far as small cap biotechs are concerned in the capital markets and the high interest rates did nothing to help that there's talk of the rates eventually being lowered and there's also a slew of potential approvals coming up from these small cap biotechs there's a lot of exciting ones I'm looking out for. Um, a quest of therapeutics is one that I've been sitting on just like everyone else for four years. Finally, it looks like we got some momentum. So there is some positive momentum, I think, to look forward to on the small cap side. I just don't know how quickly that translates over to the non-public like, exactly. like yours, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We're a privately held organization, you know, exactly completely privately funded by investors. And, um, you know, you've got to hit those milestones and they want to see certain things being delivered and mm -hmm. um, navigating the complexities around all of that. You know, it, it, it proves challenging. Um, but, you know, I, I remain optimistic. You know, I love this industry. It's where my heart is. We're doing it for the patients, right? Uh, I think that's why we're all here at the end of the day, cliche, I get it, but it's the truth. Um, I think I could speak for Dr. Fox and Dan, it's really what it's about, right? At the end of the day, the problem is, um, sometimes, you know, who suffers, um, when the interest rates are the way they are, when the capital markets are frozen and you have really promising products, Dan, you know, exactly how, what, what I'm speaking of, yeah. um, and, you know, at the end of the day, who suffers? Patients. Everybody at once. Patients. Exactly. Yeah. So that Which we that, are all patients, by the way, that, that hurts the heart. I'm going to be honest with you, because that it, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate because if the funding were more available, things would move a lot faster. And regardless of promise and data and this and that. It's, uh, you know, investors seem to be a little skittish um, for privately held, um, you know, non-publicly -tra traded companies. So, um, you know, that's just my personal outlook. It's obviously just my own opinion. That's why we're having this discussion. Um, and then, you know, just to piggyback off of that, it's the, the job market for our clinical research professionals. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of site level positions, which is very exciting. I think that says a lot. Um, but, you know, we just I just saw a post two hours ago, um, an mRNA gene protein company. I can't remember the name of it. Hold on. They just reduced 20 percent of their workforce. Mm -hmm. uh, that happened today. Did you anyone know, catch uh, there was a post about centricity? You know, anyone who had, who was affected by the centricity layoffs. So now you've got. Oh, yeah. I saw that one. The Phoenix. Even like the big uh, site networks, you're seeing some people doing some layoffs. So. Yeah. Consolidation. There's things happening. Too. Yeah. So. And, and Robert, that's interesting. You know, we want to talk about sites and sponsors. 
from my opinion, and this is how I've always, this is why I did CRP in the way I did. As far as I'm concerned, sponsors to sites are equivalent to patients to clinics. Sponsors come into sites seeking services, like a patient goes into a clinic. And as far as I'm concerned, that's what a site's job is to do, is to serve that patient. Not the patients they're getting data from, but that patient who's walking in and and hoping for a miracle, hoping for help. So from like, if you were to look at it like that relationship, if I were a clinic and you were a patient and I said, what do you need? How can I help you feel better? And what would you say to these sites? Like, cause that, that is the magic. That's where I want yeah. you to know that from me, that's what sites need to do for their sponsors is treat sponsors like their meta patient. It's a great analogy, Dr. Fox. I, I love it. And what I would tell sites is we need you to show up. We need you to make good on, you know, what you said you would deliver and at least give it your best fighting shot. And I would also say, <laughs> I would also say communicate, you know, we really do. And this is going to be something that I don't want to give away my, my discussion points. You know, if you're going to be at SOS, you're going to hear some of this, but I, you know, we really do want to provide sites with what they need to be successful. So if today you have what you need to be successful, phenomenal. And in three to six months, you don't, let's have that dialogue. The worst thing that can happen to us as a sponsor is to be bottom barreled because eh, I don't feel like we're, you know, reaching out. We've already got awarded 10 more studies since we started that particular trial six months ago. So, that, so Dr. Fox, in that analogy, that's how I would ask sites to A, communicate with me, B, please deliver. And if there's any bottlenecks, let's discuss it so that we can get you what you need so that we can remain a priority, finish this study together, meet the timeline so that we can get these products to market. Because again, without the sites, without the brilliant patients that volunteer their time to further our mission, none of this happens, ladies and gentlemen, none of it. Can we go back to the first thing you said? Um, if sites do what they promised, mm -hmm. that's a <laughs> very common theme in my career uh, since 2005. The feasibility process, in my opinion, is broken. Agreed. There's companies like Inato trying to fix it. They are just getting started. It's probably only benefiting the bigger sponsors for now. And it's only benefiting the sites with therapeutic area expertise. Uh, but what, what do you mean by the sites should do as they promise? Like to what level, yeah. to what extent? Sure. So, you know, again, this is strictly my opinion. You know, I, I don't want, th this is not, you know, etched in stone. It's just, you know, lessons learned experience yeah. just tells me, right? So what I will say is, you know, I agree, first of all, that feasibility, the process itself is tremendously broken. It's awful. It's, it's not <laughs> it's, realistic. Its foundation is built on lies. Yeah. At worst, <laughs> embellishment at best. Yeah, I completely agree. So we'll start with that. So, you know, setting that aside, knowing we need reform in that process alone, it's taking the time. This is me talking to a site now. 
please, please, please take the time to really think about your best guesses in terms of what your screening rate will be, what your screen failure rate will be, what your conversion randomization rate will be based on previous history, if you have it. And if you don't have it, let's talk. Let's go through, you know, there's no harm in, in making a look like, like, Hey, Robert, I have this patient population. I'm just not hundred percent sure how many would qualify for the study. Let's deep, let's, let's talk about that. You know, let's narrow it down. We're you know, happy to liaise with you, collaborate. I don't know why it seems like such a bad thing where sites just, you know, if they show, I don't want to say true colors, but if they show where they actually are in the process that they may lose the opportunity, that right. thinking and mind shift needs to stop just like sites who are afraid to admit that they want to make a profit. That it's a needs fake to it, stop. Fake it till you make it mentality. Right. Exactly. Dominates right. So I got a question, Robert. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that if we figure out a way for sponsors to be able to hop across sites without a root canal every time, <laughs> it would be easier and more honest and feasibilities when sites didn't have so much to lose? Of course. Absolutely. So what if what if you were to create a system where you're like, you know what, come in here. Um, the only commitment we're going to have, we're just going to pay sites like 100 bucks to do a feasibility or something like that pay them so that they actually do true work. Maybe that's the other thing is maybe feasibilities are crap because it's free work. You know, you get I mean, what you pay for. You get what you pay for. I agree. I agree. But I also, I'm not sure, you know, compensation, at least in my opinion, would really fix the issue. Um, that's because a good question. I, you know, it's a, it's a good question because the, the reason I say that Dr. Fox is because at the end of the day, you don't know how a patient's going to react. You know, you're, you, you work for a PI, you're, you're one level of separation from a PI. I represent this doctor, he has this relationship. And Dan, you and I have talked about this several years ago, where you even made phone calls from your PI's office. And you're like, hey, I represent this PI, and, and, and they hang the phone up on you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so when you create that second and tertiary level of separation and start moving to even recruitment vendors, it gets even more challenging. So I, I come back full circle and say, even if we were to compensate, which I agree, it, you know, there should be no free work, first of all, right? Um, sites are entitled to make a profit. And I really want to advocate and tell sites, it's okay. You are like, it's okay to make a profit. Like, let's stop. You guys are not 501c3 charities. Who's arguing you know, this in the first well, place? I don't think anyone's arguing, Dan. I just uh, think it's, I think it's those, in, I, I just think it's a silent, like, you know, hey, you know, we got to be really, you know, especially the the newer sites. They're, they're, they're very frugal in the fact that they don't know what they don't know and how far they can push. Mm -hmm. at the cost of potentially losing an opportunity oh, yeah. that they desperately need. Oh, right? if you make a margin, that's not fair market value. Oh, no, we don't want to get in trouble. Oh, we don't want to look like we're milking off of the patients. We don't really. You're a business. And exactly. So I agree 100%. That's exactly going to be the foundation of my discussion, right? What is responsible, you know, negotiation and responsible asks? at the same time and, and what tactics should you use about knowing who your audience is. Now, 
let's let's also address for the audience briefly for those who may not be in attendance at SOS and give you a small small snippet of a sneak peek you have to know your audience a small privately held biotech with a 12 person headcount is not going to have the resources that Pfizer or Merck or AstraZeneca or Eli Lilly or Beige or any of these companies are going to have so you kind of can't have just this templated expectation to just blanketly expect the same compensation from every partner you may collaborate with there has to be some reasonable responsible expectations based on who you're engaging with and at the end of the day you as a site as an independent contractor have the ultimate right to determine whether or not you want to work with somebody who is a smaller entity versus a larger entity so Again, I think there's a whole lot to unpack here, um, and it's going to be a really exciting, fun conversation. Um, you know, that's a good point, week. Robert. How many how many sites out there have done background checks on your sponsors before you accept a trial? Yeah, look and see how many times they filed bankruptcy. See where they are on their standing. Yeah. How many, yeah. how many of you do a due the, diligence like that? And how many and, sites yeah. look at the science of the IP? Like, is this something I would want to put my mom in? Like some of these, I mean, I look at some of these studies even before they get to my PI. I'm like, no way we're doing this study. My you know, favorite the, was the the study that said they wanted to pull one liter of blood from a phase four patient. Yeah. Phase four like, cancer patient. And they said that, you know, dude, they've got ports. They've got all the, and their answer was, they'll give them some orange juice. They'll be fine. It's oh, like, man. <laughs> <laughs> the humanity is just, there's, so, is many, there's so many different layers to peel back it's more than we are for a profit but it's more than just business also like we are a health care alternative in the community whether we're supposed to say that or not the, it's i believe that we select our studies based on that philosophy so robert going back to that example right let's say you're the quote patient and you walk into a site which is like a clinic and you get this whatever, a quote, diagnosis, whatever it might be, you still pay that copay because you went to that clinic and you took work from them. Let's say you didn't like what they had to say and you want to go get a second opinion. So you go to another clinic somewhere and you get a second okay, opinion, yeah. right? Yep. Does a patient get penalized for going to get a second opinion? Absolutely. In not. that setting. So why should a sponsor? That's what I'm they trying to say is sponsors in this kind of a world, they shouldn't lock into like, 50, 60, $70,000 commitments at a site that's a dud because that is not a good responsible site. That's not a really good responsible use of resources. You know what the problem is? I, I agree with you, um, but it's not as cut and dry as that, right? I, I completely agree. The problem is you, you have pressures coming internally to meet milestones. It's like, hey, first site activated. It has to be on this day. And I don't have time, unfortunately, usually, to to implement that type of a process. You know what? This site is most likely going to be a dud. Now I have to find a new one. And on top of it, it's it's liaising with the CRO partner if you're using a CRO. And and you know, by time you get the communication across, hey, this one doesn't seem like a good fit. Okay, well now we have to go back to our site identification group and, and get another list of fifteen to twenty. And don't forget, sites. you might need a change order for that, Robert. Oh, you can bet your <laughs> hit him with that, that change order. Hit hit him with the CEO. That as a matter of fact, that's a guarantee. So that's another delay. 
right? So, so in a perfect world, I agree with you. But and this if is you have, but this is where I was talking to a small biotech this morning. They very inexperienced, uh, and they were they're using a Sierra, and they said, well, just to schedule a meeting to talk about something takes three days. Just this and comes with a price. So, hey, we have a question, you know, about this and that. We need, okay, well, let's email this person. Then we're going to set up a Zoom. Everyone's going to agree on a date. Three days later, you're still just talking about it. And you had to pay for it. Nothing's getting done so far. You're just talking about it. So at what point does a sponsor, regardless of their size, say, you know what? Zero is good. We need quality data. We need pharmacovigilance. We need biostats. We need monitoring. We need all this stuff. But when it comes to like the intangibles, you, Robert, you know, if I worked at a sponsor, me, Dan, I'm going to call the coordinator myself. I don't need to hit anyone with a change order. I'm going to do that. CRO, thanks, but I don't need you for this. I I got this. So like, Dan, what's I mean, up if, if you remember, like I, I actually did that. No, you, you have, did, but you're one I, of the only. Right, but, but here's the problem, though. It, it still impacts because at the end of the day, I make the phone call. I circumvent that. But you still have to engage the contracting team within the CRO. They still have to execute the budget. They still have a legal department, especially when you're working with a small infrastructure like I have. You know, it, you and, and they're only set up based on the initial work order to do X amount of sites. So even if I identify the sites, vet the sites, get them engaged, get the NDA signed, send them the synopsis, the budget contract template, the CTA template myself, there still has to be somebody to execute that. And the signatory based on the work order is typically through the CRO, right? So so they're not going to do that for free either, Dan, right? They're well, going to say, oh, well, right. we're only contracted to engage X amount of sites. So, you know... There's always a yeah, like back to first principle. Okay, all this tech that we're implementing that sites are finally starting to adapt. Like e-source, it's growing. E-reg, pretty soon, a hundred percent of sites are going to be on that. I think everyone can agree. At what point do sponsors say, you know what? Like we have enough tools now. Like the infrastructure is here to where we can regain back some of that control over our own studies and still work with the CRO because we do love them. We need them. We don't want to do all the grunt work, but things like following up on the status of an activation, like why can't you just call and find out and then give the coordinator a Starbucks gift card for doing it quickly? You can, you can. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's um, in practice, you know, it's just, it's informing your partners, AKA the CRO. Um, and when you overstep that, you know, that, that communication pathway flow that's been agreed upon, um, you know, it, it can certainly speed things up, but it always somehow comes back because Dan, who's doing the SIV, right? Who's going to initiate, activate reg pack, reg doc, sign off IP release, you know, that that's not within the, you know, my wheelhouse because of the current structure of the study. Does that mean we can't do it? No, we can do it. But you guys and are I, reviewing like all the SIV reports, right? Like the sponsors doing that. 
I, I mean, I wouldn't say all of them. I would say about 10% is the general rule okay. from a sponsor perspective. I mean, obviously some will do more, some will do less depending okay. on what you see. But I mean, what I'm trying to say, I think that 30,000 foot high level take home message here is that at some juncture, no matter how much of it I do on my own, the CRO would be involved. So back to Dr. Fox's point, okay, this site's a dud, skip over, let's find the next one, just as if a patient gets a second opinion, right? It, it's, it boils down to delays. And, and unfortunately, even though I know it's a dud, listen, there's an unspoken rule here. And if anybody disagrees with me in the comments or there's any other sponsor colleagues out there that think otherwise or have a different metric, you know, please put it in the comments and let's chat about it. But I always am under the impression that 25% of my selected core sites aren't, are going to do nothing. I go into the study assuming this. <laughs> Like, what so do you mean I, by selected core? Like all so, the sites that you selected? So or? Yeah, if I have 40 sites, right? If okay. I have 40 sites participating in my study, I'm going for 800 patients, large phase three study. 25% um, of my 40 sites, which boils down to what? 10 sites? Is that about mm -hmm. right? Are going to enroll zero patients. And they'll take your startup. Oh, they'll <laughs> take it and the closeout fees, Dr. <laughs> you know? And the closeout, um, don't. <laughs> and and yeah and the pharmacy fees and and every so you know they're getting 50 to 70 grand for just signing their name and with with no risk to them at all as a matter of fact yeah i i i don't yeah that that's a very sore spot for me because we just wrote a fairly large check to a site just like that who absolutely did nothing but screen fail patients and enrolled absolutely zero but um you know th that's what i mean right and so it's it's very difficult. It is very difficult. Um, so, you know, we have to, we have to, there's a lot of pressures, Dr. Fox, on the inside in order for me, you know, to, to skip that site. But sometimes if you think about it the other way, maybe it's worth that small delay, right? Because it's a delay either way you slice the cake. It's a delay up front or it's a delay on the back end. I mean, you know, it, what's worse, I, I think from an investor perspective, if you drop the milestone ball, if you will, in the beginning, maybe it looks worse from their purview versus, you know, oh, you, you met your upfront milestones and something happened on the back end kind of out of my control six to eight months down the road. Now I'm looking for rescue sites. I'm, I'm just hypothesizing here, right? I could be oh. completely wrong. My theory is I don't think that has to be a delay. I think it it could be as seamless as literally just hopping sites. I would, or it should yeah, be, it, but it should that's be. currently not how it is. I think it currently I think that's what that's what I'm targeting. Mm -hmm. I think CRPN could definitely have a solution to help that. You know, and plus with and again, I, I mean, you know, with CRPN, as you know, I'm a huge fan of your mission, Dr. Fox, from a CR, CRPN perspective. I think taking the intel that Dr. Fox has on each of his network sites, you know, would be able to allow me to jump to the next site if that site's not a perfect fit for me, right? Yeah, and I but turned anyway. my camera off because I had bandwidth problems, sure. but yeah, that's precisely. So in a system where you have a network of managed sites where financial agreements and all these things are in place before a trial is under consideration, and you have members just like patients going through a managed network, it is possible 
to hop sites. I'm sorry, this site didn't work for you. Let's get you onto this one right away. Boom, boom. There's no delay. It doesn't have to be like that. I agree. And what about, what about, you know, I mean, why is it so frowned upon and, and what would Dan as a site owner, Dr. Fox as a site owner, what about a risk, a risk share, you know, like for example, you know, you forego those startup fees and closeout fees if you don't show up to the dance. Yeah. You know, why? I, why? I would take that. I would take that if I can, because I'm confident that we only take studies we can enroll. If we get a higher startup fee after we randomize, let's say three, then we would have beforehand or whatever that number is. But yeah, I'd be up more. We actually have a contract with a small biotech that was structured this way. Their idea, not mine, but yeah. it worked. It worked well. See, it, it was it, that, that's a, that's a, that's really refreshing to hear because I actually tried to implement that with a couple of my rescue sites, and for one reason or another, I never have a had, you know received a concrete answer till this day. But it was it was shot down by legal. Oh no, we can't do that. <laughs> and the, site, the site was willing. They were like, oh yeah, you know, we'll put it where our mouth is. We're going to give you this many patients. We're a hundred percent confident. And for some reason, that verbiage could not be incorporated. I don't know the rhyme or the reason as to why. But I, I just think we need to get to a point where, number one, there are no delays. There are no dings for, for hopping sites if that site particularly can't perform. But it also takes the site to really look at that protocol. And I put myself back into the days on where I worked at a site, you know, 14 years ago, 15 years ago. And I think to myself... How feasible is it? I mean, Dan, you know, Dr. Fox, you guys are busy. You, you have a lot of trials going on. Your coordinators are running around. You got 10 patients on site. You have five to 10 studies going simultaneously. Who's that person that's sitting down that is qualified to really make an educated determination and digest that eligibility criteria to really know if you're going to be successful at this trial, it's broken, that's not, man. It's that's broken. not happening. Right? To that's do it properly, happening. to do that properly, the feasibility aspect requires like someone to study that IE criteria and study their database. Like not just glance at numbers, which is exactly. what people are currently doing. If, if they even do that. I think mm -hmm. they're just pulling numbers out of their ass for the most part. But yeah, like to actually study it would take some hours. Hey, well, I mean, realistically, study. Dan, you need to read the protocol, not just the IE. And that takes right. a long time to digest <laughs> and, that. And you've got to sit with the Forget provider. It. So that, Forget it. It, it, yeah. well, that's, guys, that's, my, that's what I'm trying to say from my point of view, right? Mm -hmm. That does not happen. Nope. So even, so, so that's why, you know, Man, I, I have I would I've I have met a few sites in the in the Colorado state state of Colorado when I was on my rescue search because I knew we needed to bring on some sites because we had to close out some sites and literally out of the twenty sites I contacted I had only one site tell me and and this was a site that was recommended to me from a very large reputable CRO um, the site owner told me Robert. I, I can't promise you and I doubt that I can deliver and I don't want to impede or ruin my reputation. So maybe we can collaborate on the next one. That was wow. on, 
I I couldn't believe that I heard that. I was like, oh my! I like I was like, bless your heart. Wow, thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that. We need more of that. Just yeah. like just like with the CRO, you know, mm-hmm. where where I'm doing RFPs, um, and the CRO comes back and says, hey, you're crazy. Your expectations are are in outer space. Your enrollment rate is way off. Your timelines are way off. We we you know here's the reality of what your PSM rate is going to be: patients per site per month. Your enrollment rate. Here's what the timelines really are going to look like. Here's how long it's going to take you. Mm-hmm. And you know we're comparing that against our assumptions, and we're like, holy moly, you guys are crazy. But then that CRO, I, I wish I could name them, but I'm not going to, actually said, you know what, listen, we thank you for the opportunity, but we may not be the right partner for you because we don't want to promise something. And then you end up change order after change order after change order. And then we look bad because we said we could do it in this time frame based on your assumptions, but we failed to deliver. And so that was very admirable too. I liken that to the site who said to me, Robert, I, I can't do this for you in this time frame. Like it's just not possible. That's the transparency we need in conjunction with the ability to do what Dr. Fox said, jump over the, you know, if this one's not working out. But again, like Dan says, to get to that level of understanding on whether or not you can make an educated decision on if you can perform takes a lot of time to digest like you said dr fox you got to read that protocol you got to digest the, the the patient's journey put yourself in the patient's shoes what's it going to look like at the screening visit what's it going to look like at the randomization visit how many times you got to call them how many times do you have to check in on them how many times do they have to come to the office how many times are they being resupplied put yourself in that patient's journey i do when i'm designing a a, a clindev or a protocol I think of the patient's journey. I think of the site's journey. How burdensome is it going to be on the site? How burdensome Mm -hmm. is it going to be on the patient, right? I mean, at the end of the day, this is what it takes. And hopefully tech will be able to enable us to make quicker, well-informed decisions around these critical aspects because it's, I'm tired of businessmen who sit around (laughs) tables and make decisions based on that, that are going to impact sites and patients. You want to do a, you know, you, (laughs) you want to do a quick speed round. I got this new thing, Fox. I've been playing around with this idea. I got it from drink champs. There's ways we can incorporate drinking into it, but uh, it's too early and uh, I'm too freshly removed from Mexico uh, to be (laughs) drinking, but uh, I'm going to give you two choices, right? And if you choose both, then we got to take a question from the audience or Dr. Fox will ask you one. And this is from a sponsor, speed round sponsor. Okay. Let's do it. And they're tough questions because they're both the, the, the traditional by the book answer is both, but you got to pick one or we just go with questions from people right now. Do I have to take a sip of water? You can take a sip of water. Okay. I can do this with Brad with some whiskey, but uh, oh, I'm, I'm recovering from uh, food poisoning. Okay. Quality of data or speed of recruitment? Quality of data. Was Is that an easy one? It, it, it wasn't hard. 
<laughs> okay. Do you think bigger sponsors will pick quality more than smaller ones? Do you think smaller ones, because of those milestones, they want that speed faster? Like, I think it's opposite, actually. I really? Think the bigger, I think the bigger ones have so much political ties and pull in the industry that they're not as scrutinized um, okay. as, as a small company would be. That's why I chose data quality, because if I'm above reproach on data quality and integrity and reliability, you know, who, who's going to who, who's going to say anything to me? Right. So at the end of the day, for me, I'd rather have a delay in recruitment, but top notch quality, whereas a larger company, you know, things maybe you know, they have a reputation. They have a little, you know, it's it, okay. less, less scrutiny. Let's just say How about that. this one. Experienced PI multiple experience pi impressive cv many studies big staff new pi hungry fresh patient, research naive patients you know the obvious answer would be would be the first one but i'm gonna go with the second one dan the green You're going new new pi You're going new and and let me tell you why you know it, it's the old adage i'll just say you can't teach an old dog new tricks and uh. so <laughs> If you have the new PI, you have the new staff, mm -hmm. they're hungry. I think they're just going to be more willing to listen. They're going to be more adaptable, more flexible to change. Well, you and know what they say, Robert? They say fat cats don't hunt mice. There you go. <laughs> I there like go. that. That's it. I mean, fat so cats don't hunt don't mice. Hunt mice. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, th that that's for me. I think the, you know, I would go with the new greener sites because I think, and, and they want to do a really good job. Some of the larger sites, like you mentioned, Dan, the first scenario, they're complacent. Man. Like, mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. oh my God, how dare you? I have 150 studies in my CV. Like, I know what I'm doing. You're wrong. I'm right. It's like, I don't want to get into that conversation. And mm -hmm. that happens far too often. Okay. E-source or paper? E-source all day. All day. Okay. Phase two or phase three? Phase three. Phase three. Wow. You like the stress. It's more stressful, no? Yeah, but it, it it brings that that therapy to market. It gives it brings that change to humanity. You know, it's like it's that step, it's that NDA. It's it's right before that NDA. You know, there's nothing more enjoyable. <laughs> like I still get goosebumps when I see <laughs> TV commercials where it's like, wow, I, I remember being at the investigator meeting when that was a pipe dream, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, and it's, and it's now being used in, in commercialized market and, and patients are, their lives are changed. You know, I'm talking okay. about a dermatological drug right now, but the point is I remember being at an IM in San Antonio when they were like, this is our most valuable asset. It's first in class and da, 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 mm -hmm. and how important it was to them. And it's going to be life changing. It's not an injection and it's going to be, and I see it on TV and I'm like, holy, wow. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's an amazing feeling. Well, speaking of IMs, considering you're the sponsor and you're paying for it. Okay. In person or virtual? In person all day. It's no worth paying for it. It's worth, worth, for. worth its weight in gold. Wow. Seriously. 100%. Okay. What are some of the like best things that happen from in person? I just I... think that, that, you know, th there's nothing like in person, right? Just building that rapport, that relationship, knowing who you can reach out to, you know, my line is open to you. Questions, concerns, accolades, the good, bad, and the ugly. 
Um, you know, just having that dialogue face to face, being able to interpret body language, you know, how do you feel about this? I, I just, there's nothing that replaces that in-person investigators meeting. And that's just my, my personal opinion. Now are some indications and in some studies, you know, can you get by with a remote IM? Sure. You know, but Dan, people's cameras go off phones are ringing, answering emails, pinging on teams, mm. pinging on slap, slack, whatever the slap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good you one. Know, yeah. I'm just like, you know, there's so many things going on. I mean, cause you know, it's like, it, it's just like a remote. Dan, let me ask you on remote SIV or in-person SIV. That's tough, man. As a Pick side up, owner, buddy. as a side owner, right? Yes, sir. You know, I'm going to go like, I like that in-person ones better, of course. There's more rapport. But the remote ones tend to be shorter. But how do you feel the training is? I mean, are, are your staff better trained? They're equal. I think they're are equal. They? Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Robert, I got one for you. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. FDA audit or investor meeting? <laughs> I mean... I'll take, an investor, I'll take an investor meeting. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take four investor meetings in a day over, um, over an FDA audit. Matt uh, just said he had a pleasant week spent with an FDA auditor. It, it, it can be pleasant, right? And, I, and I'm not saying that it's not, but, it, but the preparation <laughs> and the anxiety build up to that day, you know, I'll, 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 I'd rather be grilled by a panel of investors um, multiple, <laughs> multiple times a day. <laughs> um, then, then have to prepare for for an FDA um, audit. Right. Now, if it's for cause, that's even more stressful. But if it's just a routine, you know, you got chosen, mm -hmm. you're a high enroller. In that case, whew, I, I might lean towards the FDA audit. Mm, that's a good one, Fox. If you got more, come up with them, man. I got one um, that may hit close to home. Patient reported outcomes, paper or electronic? Oh. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. That is a really hard <laughs> one. Can, can I ask a context question to answer? Yeah. Yeah. So does the paper eventually get into a database or or yeah. like how do I it does? Okay. Yeah. Then paper. I like I'm that. sorry, paper. I like I like that. See? This is why we ask these things. Hey, Robert. Yes, sir. Overhead letter or budget? Oof. <laughs> I'll take a budget. I'll take a budget all day. How, how about you, Dr. Fox? Overhead letter or budget? Yep. It depends on the budget. Uh, you negotiate like a CAR-T budget or something crazy with a leukapheresis or a sample collection. Um, I think I'd rather... Oh God, at least, at least a budget is justified most of the time, you know, exactly. Exactly. overhead, you can tell if they're packing it. If I'm if doing it overhead, if Chris is doing it or Fox budget, let the professionals <laughs> handle it. If it's just me <laughs> overhead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. DCT or traditional. Mm. Um, man, it really depends, but I'm going to go DCT. Oh, uh. Um, just oh. because, you know, it, it's weird. It's, DCT it's and paper diaries. That's crazy. 
<laughs> hey, <Jeez>. you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about the pay. Honestly, my, my questions hinge on the patient experience, right? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important to give the patient the choice. Are you more comfortable having a three hour arrival window by a lab technician? Or <laughs> do you want to know what time your appointment is to come in and see yeah. your, and get your labs run, you know? So there's pros and cons to both. And that's just one small sliver of a, of a pie that I just gave as an example, but you know, I can justify these reasons. And I think patients appreciate paper much more too. And once you make a mistake on a, an electronic diary, for example, go ahead and fix that. You know, that, that's a, that's a, that's a nightmare in itself, right? Mm -hmm. Patient reported outcomes should never be altered. Ask any data manager, QA department at any CRO. Oh my gosh. That's like, you're asking to do the impossible. Like that's a patient report outcome. No, they can't make a mistake, but on paper, cross it through initial data. No harm, no foul, man. You Everything's get a, cool. You get a trail, just do an no audit harm, trail no and, and show it. This one, a lot of the sites in our network would want to ask. California or Florida sites? I'm going to say California sites. Wow. Yep. Right. Yep. Be, because they have the bill of rights and they're just going to be more above. They're just going to, they're just going to be more. I feel like they're just more stringent in terms of process, right? Mm -hmm. Just that extra California bill of rights, knowing uh, the patients have rights and they have to do things in a certain stepwise manner. I'm going to go California on that one. And then my, so Miami, it's too crowded. You think, um, I, I think it's insanely crowded, not okay. just Miami. I think the whole state of Florida, I mean, there's so in, the that, amount of... in that context then, okay. A site in Florida or an AMC. I'll take a site for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm done with my questions. Guys. Rapid, rapid fire round is done unless Fox has any more. I think no, it, just, that it really makes fun. you the would you rather's. It's kind of like the would you rather's now. Yeah. I do want to go back to DCT because mm. I think you you can you should really bend DCT into two. One is going to the patient's house, and the other is going to a professional, like a doctor's office or something. Um, and like you said, that three hour window, that's definitely like patient's house. Um, but the doctor's office, like, you know, just go in your doctor's office and be part of the visit. Mm -hmm. So, but, and DCT is a tough one to choose now cause it's so early, Yeah. but you know, just with all the, the popularity around it, uh, thought it was good one. And I'm surprised with the answer. I thought Robert would have said traditional. No, what about NC, man? North Carolina, North Carolina. they're asking. North Carolina is so harmless, man. There's uh, all kinds of opportunity there. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about CRO? Would you want a CRO from North Carolina, or would you want a CRO from anywhere else? <laughs> anywhere <North> else. <laughs> <laughs> Good old RTP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll take After one you're talking about sites, else. sites is wide open in North Carolina mm -hmm. for sites. Uh, Dr. Garofoli, thank you for the question. Do you have any sites in North Carolina, Robert, that you work with? Um, I think so. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think yeah. we have a few in our network, too, and I'm sure CRPN yeah. also. Yeah, we've got a few North Carolinians. 
Yeah, I have no problem with, you know, sites in North Carolina. I, I don't have problems with sites anywhere, really. I just think there are certain geographic distributions, you know, that, you know, it just becomes overloaded. And and they enroll, like, just crazy, crazy fast. And they make, you know, when, when you go at that type of a rate and enroll, you know, one site represents 30% of the entire study population. Yeah, yeah you probably got to sweat a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. mean... Okay, let, let's just let's just be candid because we're here. We do know that there's like entire bus tours in the big cities that they take professional patients around every site and then roll them on like a circuit. You so mean like care, you know, care access or, or you're talking like <laughs> like actual sites like like for real. Yeah, there's the in in some of the big cities. There's literally a group of people they have bus tours that take them to every single site wow on the days of the visit it's it's a giant giant business that's where like you saw that verified clinical trials thing that people are doing yeah i know who they are yep Yep, i know them i've used them they do that for a reason because you do have professional patients patients, right the yeah i mean it's there's a big business behind that unfortunately it's huge that's a shame so in that vein small town or big town site robert Mm. Small t- uh, small town or big town? Oh man, that's <laughs> tough. I like these. I'm completely fifty fifty on that one. Maybe like fifty one percent small town, fifty percent big town. I mean, I, I I guess if I have to pick one, I have to pick one. Small town. Yeah. Small that's town. Tough Just one. because I feel like they're gonna get better care. It's gonna be less busy. They'll get better care. It's less busy. The problems are, which I'm running into, are like vendor, like, you know, x-ray. There's only a few choices. MRI, colonoscopy, stuff like that. It's like you only have a few choices. Like you're limited. And if those guys screw up, you know, and it's if that's Mm -hmm. an important part of your study. That's tricky. So the specialization. So The thing about small town that I like is the relationship. There seems to be like some kind of a commitment to the trial. Like they're very, very thankful that they are part of this. Exactly. So if you go to big city, it's like, man, no big deal. We're used to this. Just another one. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. You have to have the infrastructure in the small town to take care of it. And that's probably your biggest challenge. And it is a small town. And for that reason, you're probably not going to get as much enrollment, like in volume, yeah. but you're going to get far more retention and quality and quality, quality. and dedication. Which, more yeah. important Which, than speed which is more important. Exactly. Mm. I'll take that all day. I'll take 50 small town sites versus 25 big time sites. And I'll take a three month extension in timelines than doing it, completing it three months quicker. Cause I have that quality because at the end of the day, I know I always say this without quality data. Can you submit an NDA? Nope. No, it doesn't matter how fast you did things. Does it? Haste makes waste. Period. There you, go. you ever had a good experience with an AMC on a study? I have. Yeah. I have. Yeah, absolutely. But I've also had some of the worst experiences with AMCs. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm talking like, you know, large centers that people travel from the world to go get care at. And mm-hmm. it's like they, they, they are the worst research sites I have ever seen in my life, mm. um, which is which is crazy. But. You know, there, there's good ones out there. There's great ones out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, U.S. only or international studies? Global. global. Global, global, global. I love global. Yeah. 
it's tougher. Especially, though. As, as, it, it can, it, it sometimes, you know, you, you do have to be very well versed, you know, in order to get drug, for example, into the EU, you know, you have to consider CE marking and you have to have a QP, which is a qualified person. You have to have certain depot requirements to even import the drug. Um, but then there's places like Australia, Dan, where if you're running a device study, hmm. you don't even need like, you know, governmental approval. All you need is ethics committee approval and you're off to the races. And you get so some X there, credits too, no? You get yeah. X credits. There's a, there's a lot of ad, you know, advantages from, for going to, to different places. Um, I, I love global studies. I really do. I think they're, they complement one another because, you know, you have your core, let's say United States sites, but then you have, you know, I, I, I was just um, talking to somebody about a study they're doing 22 countries, 900 patients for a eosinophilic asthma study. Um, and it was just like 22 countries. Wow. You know, and, and they had, you know, five CTMs. They were all divvied up doing, you know, this one was doing Japan, APAC. This one was doing, you know, EU. This one was doing, I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. I mean, and that to me is, is very exciting, but it can get very complex. It can well, get and don't complex. forget a did you know in some countries auto pay is not allowed mm -hmm. sites have to invoice for everything they do yep, yep. which yep. makes a lot of the logistics in other countries very tricky on the financial level yeah i've i've run into a lot of that and i think the the root of that dr fox correct me if i'm wrong i think a lot of it's aml regulation anti-money laundering regulation so i i definitely can appreciate that but i also think that once you clear those hurdles um and get good processes in place global studies always enroll much much faster than you know studies just in the and US. more diverse don't forget that that that's yeah that, that that's critical right yep so yep yeah we're gonna so dan had to hop off for a minute but robert man i mean seriously from a site with a number of sites behind me to a sponsor like, and I know we're on the same team here, but of course, how, how, what would you tell sponsors right now? Like, how would you tell sponsors to have a better relationship with their sites so we can get better research? What would you tell them? Yeah. You know, just open up those lines of communication, just more involved. Stop uh, leaning on your CRO partners to do everything. And, you know, most sponsors just act as a point of escalation. I only want to know about it if there's a problem. You know, how about jumping in there before there's a problem? Um, I think that that's really what I would say. Um, you know, the transparency and communication consistently coming back. And I know this might not be realistic, but ensuring sites have what they need to not only keep the lights on, but to keep your study, um, you know, at, at top of mind. So, you know, those I think are the two big items that I would keep telling um, you know, sponsor colleagues to to continue to try to strive forward and also, you know, let sites operate the way they want to operate. Stop dictating how they do their business. Um, if they want to use eSource, great. If they don't want to use eSource, also okay. They need to be have the autonomy to make a decision without the fear of retribution. So. I don't know how feasible this is because I know I get it. You know, you have to have like a hundred sites, 200 sites sometimes in these big studies. But do you ever think that there could be a world where sponsors sites 
and CROs could all come together in a meeting. Absolutely. For I mean, for me, some of the best relationships that I've had have been when they all work in unison. Like we've got a CRO sponsor site meeting. We sit down, we work things out and we get it done. Sometimes I feel like it, it's that whole talk down thing, sponsor CRO, the totem pole thing that really screws up the whole relationship. Is it, do you think, and as a sponsor, do you think it's feasible at all to bring the site and the CRO up into a level of equality where we talk to each other as a team and not necessarily as a hierarchy? Absolutely. That needs to happen. It's not even a question of should it happen? It must happen, right? Because, because from my perspective, you know, the site and the CRO are collaborative partners that are sitting on the same level of the totem pole. Well, I mean, technically, is, they're both contracted agents, right? There you go. I mean, it, it, precisely. So for from from me, it's you know, it, but but you're right. It's that talk down. It's always like you know, we always bring the sponsor in. And, and I alluded to this in a long time ago on a pod. I was like, hey, why do sites feel so, you know, upset or some type of a way when the sponsor is cc'd on an email? It's like you're. What did I do? Am I in trouble? that needs to stop right it's it what if it's just for the sake of transparency right i mean just so that we're all on the same page if my site is having a bad experience with whatever whether it's a vendor cro or or even us let's all get on the phone and align you know everybody should be sitting on the same perch you know you can have three different species of birds but they're all sitting at the same level. Mm -hmm. Like that's what would that like, Dr. Fox, that needs to happen. Yeah. Well, okay. And I know it's, it's small scale, but let's talk about SOS real quick. And I, I keep turning this on and off because I want to make sure the bandwidth's okay and I don't break up. But um, we hired a conference organizer for SOS, right? Mm -hmm. So technically we are like the sponsors. And we are, we hired them to manage the conference, right? They're managing the attendees. They're managing the sponsors themselves at the conference. They're managing all of this. But every single time that there's something going on, I'm copied on, on the communications. And I love having that visibility, understanding what those conference organizers are doing with my name on it. I, I don't see why that's not the great way to go for research for me it's when a sponsor pulls the site and the cro up at the same level of organization and say we all talk together as a team the sponsor says okay guys this is what i need how's it going there's no secrets there's no the cro the cro knows something the site doesn't that is important that's where it gets really tricky i agree I mean, I, I, there's nothing more for me to say other than I agree. And so does this LinkedIn user, right? I mean, we're all equal partners, you know, with the same, same end goal for the study. There doesn't have to be this, this gatekeeper that's shielding the sponsor from having to be bothered. Like, no, we're, in, <laughs> we're, we're invested in this. You know, I, I want to talk to you. Um, you know, sponsors should want to talk to their site partners. Sponsors should want to talk to their CRO partners. You know, they should want to talk to their vendors. 
And, you know, the, the three stakeholders should get on the phone, hash it out, you know, let, let's, let's, let's be a happy family in a sense. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see why that doesn't happen, but, um, you know, we have to figure out a way and understand what the root cause on how we got to where we got in terms of when a site is, is sponsors copied on a correspondence that the CRO loops in the sponsor, the sites, if you pull them, I, I would be willing to bet 80% plus would take it in a negative connotation, even though it may not be. They don't think it's a transparency motive. Well, and it goes the other way around, Robert. It does. It does. And, You're and right. As a site, like I've things have not gone with the CRO. I've copied the sponsor. And guess what I got? Well, I don't know if we're going to work with you on the next trial. See, the CRO chastises you because you looped in the sponsor. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, why are people being punished for trying to communicate? Break? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's going on here? Why? I see, I see. There is no totem pole. Okay. There's <laughs> no hierarchy. Period. If you look at the contract, the contract is signed by the site to the sponsor and by the sponsor to the CRO. There is no totem pole. There's no food chain here. Everyone's coming together to do something. And I think that is really part of the problem. Every It's a cultural misunderstanding. I have talked to sponsors and CROs who treat sites as a disposable piece of Kleenex paper. Oh, you know, right. this didn't work out. Okay, next. Interchangeable wheel. That's not how this works. And that's why the sites have the scarcity mindset of, Oh, it's competition. Let's not let's not talk to each other, um, or let's let's embellish on our feasibility because those guys down the street already put a hundred. Let's put a hundred fifty, and then you get all these exaggerated like numbers, and it kind of just messes everything up. But I mean, you can't ignore the fact that the without the sponsors, there is no industry. Like they're paying for mm -hmm. everything. Again, sponsors are a site's patients. If you think of it like that, it all comes. Good to way. Me. That's a good way to put it. Fox. It is. It really is. Yeah, oh. Fox. That, that, that's the way to. I mean, that's the way to think about it. There's, there's like no. no and, and look, you know, I, I, I don't want anyone to think that Dr. Fox was yelling at me just now. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> I, I got a little, got a little ambitious there. <laughs> We're on the same page. I mean, I, you know, I, I agree wholeheartedly with the fact that there, there is no totem pole, right? I mean, there isn't. There, there should not be. So hopefully that's that's something, you know, maybe a lot of the sidebar conversations. I, I really want to empower sites to understand that that there is no totem pole. There's no harm in copying the sponsor. There's no harm in copying the CRO and the sponsor, um, you know, and, and those lines of communications just have to be open. It's all about the support structure, right? Just supporting one another, working towards that shared common interest. And, and that's, it's really simple. We don't have to make this complicated. I mean, we really don't. It's a simple formula. You, well, you'd think it's simple. You'd, well, you'd think it's simple, but. And you think that everyone at these stakeholders would see it this way as equal. But I've, from my personal experiences, I've had to supersede the CRO several times to get things done at the site and it works and it pisses people off and so be it <laughs> you know the you know 
that that's the problem right i mean and i and i just want to kind of say this between sponsor and cro incentives are so misaligned i mean it's there you go it's just it's it's something that really needs to be addressed between sponsors and cro's because once the incentives become aligned i think a lot of those disparities and people getting pissed off will just melt away on its own um because nobody should be like well that's the million that's the million dollar question right i i I wish i i mean they've got public they've got quarterly reviews publicly on the markets they've got financial earnings like they've already been accustomed to having it this way right um to change that payment model for them is game over i mean it would make it like not worth their while for some of them and when I mean incentives misaligned, Dan, I mean more so than just payment. I'm I'm talking about skin in the game, right? I mean, these CROs have such a backlog in, you know, book to bill ratio of what work. I mean, you know, some of these CROs are sitting on billions with a B yeah. of unawarded of, of I'm sorry, of awarded work that has yet to even start, you know. Um and do you think they care if your study is a success or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a small guy in the pond, you know, it's just like the bully on the playground, you know? Um, that's how I feel yeah. about it personally. You Here's know? one for you. So it's no secret, right? CROs will hide sponsor contacts. CROs make it really hard for sites to find sponsor contacts. So one of the best places to find it is actually the protocol the approved protocol, there's going to be a list of communications in the protocol. So if you're an admin, you may have to go to your coordinators, go out, go to your ops people, say, hey, I need the protocol. I need to see who all the contacts are. Robert, how do you recommend sites who want to talk to sponsors can get a hold of the numbers? So above and beyond the the protocol, um, clinicaltrials.gov sometimes will have a general box or a listed contact with a phone number. If you go on clinicaltrials.gov right now, you'll see my name and phone number. You can email me directly for for my study. Oh, we um, know how you feel about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, email Robert yeah. right now. Ask him to get a study and that you want it ASAP. <laughs> yeah. And then, no, then he's lucky to be you at your site. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Send me a contract right now. Send me an NDA. I expect it in one hour. Um, (laughs) But honestly, all all joking aside, I think, you know, LinkedIn, most most of these sponsor representatives are going to be on LinkedIn. And if you don't know a person, just, you know, look for the company. Then go under the company. Go to the about section. Go to the people section. Click on somebody and say, hey, I'm a site, you know, on your this protocol number, I need to talk to whomever's in charge. I mean, it's like me when I'm trying to get a site. I'll have, I've had CROs come to me many, many times. Even when I worked at the CRO, I've had some of my team members that, you know, report to me and say, I can't get a hold of the site. I'm like, really? Did yeah. you call the general number? Well, I only call the numbers that are in CTMS. I'm like, okay, well, did you just Google the, 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 the number of the site and get their main switchboard? No. Okay, let's start there. My point is, when there's a will, there's a way, you know, I, I just want to get a human on the phone. They may not be associated with this protocol, but nine times out of 10, I can successful just getting somebody on the phone saying who I am, who I represent, what I'm trying to do, who I'm trying to contact. <laughs> and I get somebody on the phone. I've done so, this. I've done, you've done this. this. The, like this LinkedIn user. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done this recently on, a, it works with the smaller sponsors. 
Um, the CRO wasn't giving me, getting me anywhere. I, I knew the sponsor. So I, I went on LinkedIn. I found a few people. Dude, you guys ever see that movie Frequency where the guy, uh, he talks to his dad from the future. His dad died when he was a kid. So like they had this walkie talkie and he like there was yes, like an Aurora. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, the, when I reached out to these sponsor from LinkedIn, like I'm a site, you know, I'm working on your study. It was like Frequency, like. It was like so surreal to them that I'm actually talking to them. They were so happy. They looped in like three people on like higher ups. And within the hour, my my question got resolved and the CRO had to do kind of what they were saying. I mean, it, it might piss people off, but if you know you're in the right, and I usually do it, I usually save those for when it impacts patient safety. Like, hey, they're telling me this patient doesn't qualify. Let me go ask the people who actually wrote the protocol what they think. And sure enough, they're like, no, there is a way to get them in. And it worked. So, yeah, yeah it was like that movie. Like, you're hearing from a site, but, like, you don't talk to these people ever. So it's like, <laughs> well, where is this coming from? Right. So and surreal. also maybe, like, the like the next person who commented um, on the next comment, you know, adding adding sponsor contacts to the study contact in the ISF. I mean, but why don't really shouldn't it shouldn't be a secret, man? No, I mean, you shouldn't have to dig for that. No, it's it crazy there. Yeah, it is. But do sponsors not want like you know? See, Dan, that's the thing. It's a lot of these people who have been in the industry 25, 30 years. You know that are that are just. They yeah, have and I've gotten that too. Have you talked to the CRO? Yeah, that's why exactly. we hired them. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're paying all that. We're paying millions and millions and millions of dollars. We're paying you know six figures a month for this company to manage the study, not including milestone payments and budgets and things like that, you know, have you reached out to them first? Like, you know, that- But I would that, bet you that's the answer from the big pharma, not the small ones. You're you're exactly right. But it's this, it, it's synonymous to having, you know, this, like I mentioned earlier, know your audience, yeah. right? Your approach on contacting a, a stakeholder at a small biotech is going to yeah. be very different than your approach right. to contacting somebody at large pharma. I would have never and, pulled that LinkedIn thing with Eli Lilly because who am I going to get? I might hey, get like some middle manager somewhere. You're going to have 20,000 people to choose from. Yeah. Who do you even know to begin with? Right. And so that's my point. It's the same thing when you're negotiating budgets and contracts and overhead. You don't know your audience. You can't have a single methodology that you're going to deploy when you want to reach a sponsor contact, you have to have different scenarios ready to be, you know, like it's like a battlefield, you know, we're going to, we have, we have this strategy. We have that strategy. We have, we have four and different Robert, strategies. Do you know who does that? Who's that? AMCs. <laughs> they have an industry level. They have yeah. a grant level. They have fringe rates. They have a tiered system based off of who they're working with. Well, Robert NMCs already said any site in Florida versus any. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what Dr. Fox is trying to say, Dan, and all joking aside, is that this culture of, you know, where it trickled down from are folks who potentially mm. previously worked at an AMC. Now they find themselves at the at a, at, a, at the site level, you know, non-academic, and they carry over mm. some of those expectations from the amc life am i wrong dr fox that's been my so my gripe all along is that we know that clinical research 
is huge in AMCs. That's kind of like where we were founded from. And there's still a lot of archaic things that we have just inflated across this industry for that. Number one, the term grant management drives me crazy. There is no grant. Nobody's getting anything here for free. That goes, that belongs in the universities. Number two is honestly the term sponsor itself. So I get it. Sponsors spend money. That's what it is. But again, you're not sponsoring anything. You're buying a product. You're a client. Right. Yep. Again, it's an AMC remnant, but I think it creates these totem poles that we all have done and these expectations that just are not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this was a good convo, guys. Uh, LinkedIn user says, doesn't matter how long you've been in the industry, sponsors should be hands-on and own their studies. Yep. So if it's okay, Dan, going back to that whole analogy where we're running Save Our Sites, right? Yeah. We've got a conference organizer. That conference organizer is working with our name on it to make us yeah. look good. That's I would our never, I would never turn them loose without oversight, ever. Because at the right. end of the day... It's my name on the line. If we want to have another conference, if sponsors want to have another drug on the market, guess what? It's not going to be the CRO with the neck on the line. Right. It's going to be Robert. Yep. Right. And but, so, Robert, you're, even with a, if you even if you hired a CRO, you're still going to make damn sure they do their job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, when people like Dr. Ramirez tell us, right, hey, I still want to go that I miss, and our CRO told us it's over, and they reach out to us, there's ways we can get them in as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Ramirez, yeah. If, if if anyone wants to come to SOS, and we're going to cut this off. Monday, I'm done, you know. <laughs> but if you go over the weekend and you're getting YOLO and you're really feeling it, and, you know, you really want to contribute a voice to the sites, I, I have a really hard time denying anyone the opportunity to have a voice. Yeah. yeah. There's a few others, so reach out. Um, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, good conversation, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. You know, it's always it's always fun. Everyone, go connect with Robert. This is not on YouTube yet, so when you're watching on YouTube um, or listening on the podcast, you'll see Robert's LinkedIn in the show notes. Same with Dr. Fox. If you're not already connected, you need to be with both of these gentlemen. And uh, looking forward to a great conference next week. Seeing you guys both pretty soon. Actually, looking a week from seeing you, Dan. A hey, week you, from now, we're in mid SOS. Like we're mid panel. It's probably yeah. your panel. I'll, uh, I'll be done. Actually, I'll be doing my one little hint for everyone. If you're coming to SOS, I am hosting a 40-minute real-world negotiation workshop. If you, the challenge is. You have to negotiate a trial according to our industry's rules in 40 minutes. Love it. Let's see if we can get it done. I like it. All right, guys. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Go connect with everybody. Catch you all later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, everyone.